believe you're the savior of our soul. We believe you are God and in control. Welcome to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Bram, a ministry of Worship Generation Church located in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, please visit us at www.worshipgeneration.com. We believe in the power of the gospel. We believe you can transform every soul. We believe you're the Savior. Now let's join Pastor Joey as we study through the Bible. Let the nations be glad, all his saints rejoice. So in the midst of this situation, this story, we see that desperate people have desperate situations and it's, it happens in real life. We, we cannot think that we get through this journey where we don't, we're not desperate people and we don't have desperate situations. We'll have personal desperate situations and we can have social desperate situations. And planet Earth is definitely in the midst of a desperate global situation right now. Our entire planet, the way it does economy, everything is completely being thrown upside down right now. So I just acknowledge before all of you with faith in Jesus, these are the, this is the reality. And it shouldn't keep you from getting up and praising Jesus and having joy in your heart and getting about what the Lord has for you tomorrow and going to bed in peace tonight. Because even Paul said, when the Holy Spirit told him, there's going to be difficult, desperate situations for you in Jerusalem, he said, none of things move me. Nor do I count my life dear to me that I'm going to complete what God has for me. Our life is in his hands. Our eyes are on Jesus. And we do the best we can every day. But we don't drink from the cup of fear, especially the fear of men, evil men or women. We drink from the living water of Christ Jesus with our eyes on him as our hope. So desperate people should be that much more desperate for Jesus and that much more dependent upon Jesus with all things. So when the thoughts come at you, what are we going to do about retirement and the inflation and now we're going to recession? You know what? Like, what, do you, what are you going to do? I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what you're going to do. We're going to keep living for Jesus. Someone told me last night, oh, the banks, the government can do this with houses. And? Even if your house is paid off, if they want to take your house, they take your house. It's what the Nazis did. It's what Stalin did. He took all Ukraine back in the 30s. They just do what they want to do. Like, or in the late 20s, the Ukrainian famine was Stalin. Man, listen, if, if people, people want to take your house, your life, they're going to do it. So don't, don't lose sleep over it. Be faithful in the present. Be a faithful steward. When the Lord comes, he finds you doing what you're called to do. If evil men take it, it gives you a chance to have more fruit in eternity. That's the bottom line. Keep loving, keep forgiving, keep serving, keep planning, keep going forward. When it's all said and done, if you've got squatters in your property in Los Angeles County, you've got squatters in your property in Los Angeles County, just give them to the Lord. It's fruit for you in eternity. What's better, rent in California in 2022 or eternal fruit for all eternity because you're not paying your rent and you can't evict them and you can't sell the property. And now that law goes till 2025. It's probably never going to end. He's going to trust in Jesus. He gave it to you. It's his squatter problem, not your squatter problem. The devil can take anything beautiful and make you terrified of it. The high priest, our high priest, Jesus, doesn't come with fear. What are you doing here? He's going to build us up. He's going to take us forward. He's not going to give us all the answers, but he's going to give us peace because he promises us peace. And he knows we're desperate people. He knows we're in a desperate time. 
People you're so happy you don't see their faces on TV anymore right now, you never know when they're coming back. You never know when they're coming back. <laughs> you know what? What's the matter? Yeah, I could have got hit by lightning two days ago and I'm gone anyways. Why am I going to worry about Dr. Doom on TV? Peace, faith, Jesus. Desperate people, yes. And we should all be desperate for eternity and to live by faith and not be moved from faith to fear. Our hope is an anchor to the soul. Yep, hunger is real. Friends that are hungry with you is real. It's all real. So in the end, on this first point with desperate people, let our desperation and our desperate circumstances make us that more desperate for Jesus. And as we see desperate people around us, as Sam was teaching on the gospel Tuesday night, it's so simple. We give them Jesus. We give them Jesus in how we carry ourselves, how we speak, how we respond. In the midst of a global tornado warning, we give him Jesus. We give him peace. We're just desperate people. So be desperate for Jesus and bring Jesus to your desperate neighbors. Amen? It's actually an opportunity. The more the world looks bad, the more it just rises. The, the, world, the, the kingdom stands above the world anyways. But the more that things in the world make people unsettled, it's just an easier presentation of the truth of the gospel. And like Sam said Tuesday night, we're not craftily winning anybody of the Lord or trying to close the deal or something. We just, we just present the truth. How we look, how we live, how we carry ourselves. Now, the second thing we see in this story is common sense is good sense. I just, I told, I've been telling Sam for three weeks, I just love this verse. David's all, hey, the bread is in effect common. You guess, I said, what a great quote. Because people get so religious, like, oh, we don't, we never do this, uh, a Calvary Chapel never does it this way. Oh. You're just like, dude, it's bread. It's just bread. The bread is common. People get so weird with religion. People get so uptight and so worked up over this thing or that thing. And, you know, and, and like, just how, how could you be associated with, you know, like when Billy Graham went to Russia, as I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, and all the church in America came against him because he shook hands with the Metropolitan of Moscow and the Russian church. And, oh, Billy, you've capitulated the faith. And he's hanging out with Pope John Paul. And like, oh, you've compromised it. It's just like, dude, it's bread. It's bread. It's just bread. We don't want to be weird about the kingdom because God's not weird. We just want to be real. And this is a real situation. This is the man that God says has a heart for him. He's running for his life. The high priest is terrified. He's lying. David's lying. His men are hungry. And, and, and the priests the priest give him the credit. He's like, hey, look, this bread, you should never eat this bread. It's for Levites. It's not forbidden for you. But Give him a credit. He's looking for a compromise in the middle ground. He's like, look, if you haven't been with women, so it's ceremonial uncleanness. So that hasn't been sexual morality in three days. He'd be ceremonially clean. So he's like, hey, guys have been with women. Like, Ahimelech sees the situation. He's like, okay, how do I take this holy bread and give it to these men? And obviously something's not right. Everyone's afraid and lying in the moment. But how can I do this? Ahimelech is a good leader. He comes up with the basic thing. Hey, he didn't go, you're not Levites, you can't eat the bread. 
God's angry at you. You need struck down with lightning at Mount Sinai. Our God's the God of the angry mountain. He didn't say that. He's like, okay, what are we going to do? Hey, you been with women for three days? If not, you can have the bread. David's like, hey, anybody with his wife? Nope. Give me the bread. Common sense is good sense. Finding solutions, working with other people, not being weird, not being religious. These are things that God honors. Because again, our message tonight is the heart of God. And the heart of God is not being religiously weird and being rigid. Even Pastor Chuck used to say all the time, blessed are the flexible, for they won't be broken. And some people just cannot be flexible. Please be flexible when it comes to the kingdom. Not compromising truths. There's a big difference. Paul knew when he said there's no way Titus is circumcised because these guys want him circumcised because that's just, they say that's the only way he can be saved is to become a Jew. He's already saved by faith, so we're not going to make him a Jew and put him under the law. So no, Titus is not getting circumcised. That's conviction, and that's a non-compromise because that's, they're asking him to compromise the gospel. But when it came to Timothy's circumcision, Paul's like, hey, you know what? If you get circumcised because you've got the Jewish mom, it just it'll create less problems for us. Just, just, it's not saving you. You're not going to heaven because of this. We're not under law, but could you just do it so it'll make our job easier? Can you just, like, just make, Timothy, can you go? Timothy's like, yeah, no big deal. Well, we're good. Because Paul said, I become all things to all men that might win them to Christ. Titus' circumcision is compromising the true gospel. Timothy's circumcision is making ministry more efficient and effective for what they're doing and what they're called to do. So, yeah, we hold the ground. We don't compromise things that are non-compromising. But we do find middle ground and we find flexibility where there needs to be flexibility with good sense and common sense. It's bread. It's just bread. It becomes holy bread for a week when it's in the tabernacle. And then when it's done, we take the bread out and we eat the bread because it's just bread. That's what we do. And Ahimelech's like, okay, so you haven't been with women. Everyone's clean. It's a little compromised. It's good. And David's like, yeah, it's good because it's just bread. Like maybe his friends are like, dude, can we really eat the chill bread? Are we going to get struck by lightning? So we need to ask ourselves, what's more important? WG, really important question right now in this story. What's more important, David and his men or the bread? To God. To God who made humanity the crown jewel of his creation. On the sixth day, he made man and woman and made them in beauty and in glory. What's more important to God in this moment? This bread that's a week old and its religious value or perception or David and his men? Well, Jesus interprets for us in Matthew 12. The people are obviously more important because the Sabbath wasn't made for man. Excuse me, the Sabbath wasn't, man's not for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath is for man. We already know from what Jesus says that what's important in this story is human beings and people that are desperate and the heart of God for desperate people, not the bread. Major and majors and minor and minors. Know your macro and know your, your micro. And David had that right. He's got a heart for God. He's like, Saul wants to build altars when he's disobeying God. David knows that bread is just bread when he's trying to keep his life alive, hoping to fulfill what God anointed him to do. Common sense is good sense when serving the Lord. It's just bread. 
Yes, it's holy bread. But the universe is not about holy bread. There's not a trillion galaxies, and planet Earth is the center of the universe. And Jerusalem, the capital where Jesus was crucified and rose from the grave, he didn't come to Earth to make sure we all know that holy bread's holy bread. He came to Earth to save us from our sins because God so loved the world that he gave his son. It's always about people. And when people get caught up being weird with religion, and they attack other people who show more love, more compassion, and more empathy in Jesus' name from another domination than theirs. I just, I have no time for it. Because it's about people, not about bread. The bread is, in effect, common. So maybe keep this phrase in your mind with the Holy Spirit. When you're tempted to be, like, rigid, and let the Lord speak to you. It's, the bread is, in effect, common. It's about people here. It's about people that God loves and sent his son to die for. It's about people. The crown jewel of the universe, Jesus is the center of the universe, and the crown jewel is you. And the bride of Christ, the church, is the ultimate crown jewel. He loves all humanity, but we're, we're joint heirs with Christ. We're in the estate, we're in the trust. When the trust is read, we get eternal treasures with Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit has sealed us to confirm that for us until the day of Christ Jesus. My kids know they're in the trust, and I know I'm in the trust of the King and my Savior, Jesus Christ, and you should too. We're adopted into his family. We're joint heirs with Christ. It's, it's not about the bread. Now you say, well, yet we don't want to be frivolous toward holy things. Right, I agree. When Uriah went into the temple 250 years later, he was the king. He said, I can do whatever I want as a king, and I can be a priest too. So he went in the same room, the, the holy place where the bread is, But he got leprosy, and he ended his reign in exile as a leper. Which tells us it's not about the bread, it's about people, but it's also about the hearts of people. Because Uriah's heart was lifted up, and that's why he was struck with leprosy when he went in the room where the showbread was, let alone eat it. But David was protected by God when he ate the showbread, because the Lord looks at the heart. And he knows the circumstances of desperate people. He knows the motives. And he knows our heart. It's the heart of God to know our heart. And the bread is bread. It's in fact common. It's just bread. So that reminds us to to not get weird and just know God's about people and reaching people and loving people and serving people. And yeah, holy is holy. We understand that. But don't make bread the macro and Lord of the universe. Make lost people the macro and the gospel Lord of the universe. Finally, we go to our New Testament text with Jesus in Matthew. We're back in Matthew 12. We get our third point. We have desperate people, desperate circumstances. We can relate to that. We, we realize from David in this story, Anahimelech, that common sense is good sense. Keep it real. It's just bread. And, and find, find a way to make these things work with the heart of God. But here in the New Testament, our third point comes from Jesus, David, Jesus and David's showbread. Because in this text that we read, Jesus tells us God's heart toward David and the showbread. So again, we see that Jesus in the context, like his David and his mighty men, Jesus and his apostles are eating the bread. But they're not eating the showbread. They're eating wheat on the Sabbath day. You see the similarity? Remember, Jesus took the title, Son of David. 
He's the fulfillment of the promises made to David a thousand years later. So here's the commonality. David is running for his life, eating the showbread, hungry. The word hungry is associated with both verses, or both texts, say hungry. David, his hungry men. Jesus, his hungry men. Both texts. Going through the field on the Sabbath, rubbing this now. Now, so we have to ask ourselves, is it about the showbread or about people? So is it about eating wheat kernels? Is that what it means not to do work on the Sabbath? Is that really what it means? Eh, we're back on the showbread. Is that really what it means to honor the Sabbath? That you can't do this? Now, remember what the Pharisees did. They took one commandment and added their own interpretations to it. Not just one. Not just ten. Not even just a hundred. They added 610 commandments to the Sabbath. I mean, you got to be pretty religious and self-righteous to add 610 rules to the Sabbath when the Sabbath was made for man to be refreshed. Do you realize in some parts of the world they never take a day off? The day off is designed by God to refresh us emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually. It's to benefit us. It's not so that we can be weird and not drive a car on Saturday like Seventh-day Adventists some do or whatever because that's sparking. You know, we don't drive around with buggies like the Amish in Indiana and look at Jeremy Camp and think he's weird because he has tattoos. I've lived that moment in Indiana. The Sabbath is from God to us to be refreshed and renewed for another work week, another 7 a.m. on the 405. It's not meant for us to be weird and make 610 rules to be weird and put those weird rules on other people. It's meant that we can laugh and go to the beach and laugh and smile and chuckle and get good coffee or go to Wahoo's and get fish tacos. It's meant to be refreshing. We can walk with our children, call our children if we have children, hang out with other believers go play golf, go surfing, go surf Bolsa Chica. It's meant to be refreshing and enjoying. And so Jesus' apostles are doing this, and these Pharisees are out of their mind because they're rigid. They're religious to them. It's all about the showbread. The center of the universe is keeping the Sabbath and the 610 rules we've given it. That's what they're about. Again, we just cannot be these people under any circumstance because eventually they put themselves against God. They put their traditions and rules over the word of God. Jesus said so himself. And when we're legalistic and harsh and we judge other people in freedoms and liberties, we in fact, from this text, would seem to be judging Jesus himself and how he's working in someone else's life. So Jesus said when he was accused, his apostles were accused of being not lawful on the Sabbath. He said in verse 3, have you not read what David did when he was hungry? He and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and ate the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat. Jesus interprets the whole passage, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priest. So what's more important? The law of the showbread or the heart of God, the higher law, what's right in the eyes of the Lord and his love for humanity and people. Desperate people in desperate circumstances. What's the higher law? To hand over the Jews you're hiding in your house, like the Tim Boom family, or to lie and hide them to save their lives? Which is the higher law? Morally, ethically, which is right in the eyes of the Lord? 
You see, these are the dilemmas that every generation must face. What's truly right is the heart of God for people. And again, MLK said it best. It's always the right time to do the right thing. The right thing is generally not difficult to read at all. It's just a matter of we're willing to do it at a risk to our own comforts and own safety and to stand when others won't stand and to know what you're called to stand for and be willing to die on that hill. In the end, the key phrase that Jesus said here is where he said, but if you had known what this means, so the whole story of the showbread with David in Nob and with his apostles eating the bread on the Sabbath, if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. See, lots of people are religious. Sacrifice, sacrifice. This do good thing, this do good thing. But it's not the heart of God. Saul built a sacrifice when he did not obey the Lord. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Religious, self-righteous people build their own sacrifices to appease their conscience. Jesus people, they don't even care about what people think of them. They serve the Lord and they are merciful toward other people. See, David's key to his life is that he showed mercy and he found mercy. And we're told that with the merciful, God will show himself merciful. The one who shows mercy gets mercy. Jesus taught the same thing and David exemplified it for us. David was a man of mercy and he found mercy. He wasn't rigid, but he was flexible and he understood the heart of God and we're told so by the spirit of God in the word of God. If you had known what this means, Jesus said, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. The Pharisees condemned the apostles with their 610 commandments from the Sabbath. All 610 of those commandments were based upon a faulty concept of the heart of God and the word of God and its application for humanity. The foundation was completely wrong because the Sabbath was to refresh people, not to lord over them with a heavy thumb to oppress them. Because whom the sense it's free is free indeed. That's the law of liberty, of love in Christ Jesus. So to me, this is a very encouraging text because it shows us the heart of God understands desperate people. He doesn't bring up, this is where Jesus could have said, by the way, Jesus interpreting the story could have said, you know, that David was a liar. He was lying. And Ahimelech was fearful. He doesn't say anything like that. It's like that, that part of the tape is erased. David is exonerated and really affirmed and confirmed that it really is about mercy and not condemning others. In fact, if the apostles of Jesus were guiltless on the Sabbath, I think it's safe to say that David and his men were guiltless in the sense of just desperate people in a desperate situation doing the best they could. Now, there's fallout from all this. Ahimelech will die. Dog the Edomite, who we saw last week, he'll... Saul, they're going to kill all these priests. It's a terrible thing. But know this, David, the priests never knew they were not in a conspiracy with David when he did this. In line to them, he was protecting them as well because they could claim ignorance that they didn't know David was fleeing from Saul because they didn't. They weren't acting. But in the end, Dog the Edomite and guys like Saul, they're going to do what they're going to do, whether they live in China, Europe, or the United States. Evil men and women do what they do because they're evil. 
And we do the best we can as desperate people in desperate circumstances. But let those not move us from the heart of God and understand his heart for us and his heart for the people around us in difficult and desperate times. So desperate people, desperate times, yes, we know. Common sense, good sense is biblical sense. We get it. And ultimately, to the merciful, will those show mercy will find mercy. And God's about mercy. For it's the goodness of the Lord and the mercy of the Lord that brings men and women to repentance. So ultimately, it's mercy working in us and through us that is the heart of God, that we know that mercy and that we can extend that mercy. We don't have to be right. We don't have to be vindicated. But we certainly want to be tenderhearted toward the Lord and understand the heart of the Lord and reflecting it toward our neighbors, our acquaintances, and even our adversaries. God forbid we stand before the Lord and have him say, have you not read? We want to stand before the Lord and have him say, hey, you know, you, you went through some stuff and you showed my heart. You knew my heart. You were mercy on display on planet Earth in 2022. That sounds much better for the day of the Lord, doesn't it? Yeah. God is good and his heart is good for us. and His heart's good for our neighbors and he's with us. and He's not going to leave us nor forsake us in Jesus name. You've been listening to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Brandt. If you would like more information about the ministry of Worship Generation, visit us online at www.worshipgeneration.com, where you can listen to the podcast of today's entire message. Worship Generation is located at 10350 Ellis Avenue in Fountain Valley, California. Our service times are Saturday evenings at 6 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. And also follow Pastor Joey on Instagram under the tag name at Joey Brand. Thanks for listening and God bless. Not ashamed of the gospel. Not ashamed, not ashamed of the one I love. Not ashamed, not ashamed.